Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. things. A rock is a rock, and a rock can uh, 
be a part of a road, a rock can be a part of a bridge, a rock can be a part of a house, a rock can knock you on the head and make you go to sleep for a while. A rock can sit out in the middle in, in the middle of a crater of the moon and be undisturbed and untouched for four and a half billion years. Just rock. There are truths that are like that. They're truth. Whether you care about them or don't, whether you talk about them or don't, whether they affect you or don't, a rock can be very impactful. A rock can be very benign. A rock could be made out of a, a valuable mineral, or it could be worthless. The truth is the truth. So we're going to talk about some truths today. We uh, live in a world right now where information is king. And it's not necessarily a good king. It's not necessarily a benevolent king. But there's a lot of it out there. Some of it's good. Some of it's bad. Some of it's accurate. Some of it's not. Some of it's biased, some of it's predatory, some of it's philanthropic, some of it's apathetic, all kinds of information out there. What's feeding you? Where are you getting your information from? What causes you to make assumptions, make conclusions? What causes you to make decisions? What causes you to act or react to not act? I'd like to know. Today is a good day. I'll tell you why. It's raining in California. And every drop of water in California is just like a piece of gold. It's wonderful stuff. Look at yourself, look at the food you eat, look at the coffee you drink. It's all made out of water. We use it faster than we get it, and uh, it's becoming quite its own commodity. But when we get it out of the sky in California, it's a good thing, and it makes me happy. I'm also above ground, a place I like to be. You know, <clears throat> we go through this life. Breathing the air, walking on the earth, imparting, impacting, interacting, being part of the world around us. And then we're not. Happens in a blink of an eye. I can remember being seven or eight years old like it was yesterday. And then I remember being 17 or 18 years old. And then I remember being 27 or 28 years old. And I remember being 37 or 38 years old. And then I remember being 47 or 48 years old. And now I'm 53 years old. And it all seems like it was yesterday. And the more days I'm on this planet, the closer I am to the day I won't be on this planet. And something to be mindful of. So every day I'm above ground is a good day. 
I love this life. I love being alive. I love being in this planet. I love being able to be part of this world. I love knowing that I can be part of changing this world. It's an amazing feeling, and I, and I, I embrace it. I just love it. I live for it. I drink it like nectar. It's wonderful. And I'm currently out of custody. And there's something important about that phrase, because I wasn't always out of custody. I hope to remain out of custody, but I have been in custody many times. And I don't want to be in custody ever again. So when I say I'm currently out of custody, that's a reference to a state of being when you are in the court system, when you're in the criminal justice system, you are either in custody or you are currently out of custody. That's how they refer to you. So that's how I refer to myself. So these are all good things. I'm also currently a pretty healthy guy. I've spent the last year and a half trying to make myself healthier. I'm getting there. Doing better every day. Rewinding that old clock. And I give myself more to work with. And in doing so, I think a big part of what that is is just working to work. It isn't just being alive to be alive, but it's working with the community, working with the human race, forging relationships, being a part of of a community. Um, and I think that that's what this is all about. So what you're listening to is A Cup of Joe. We are a podcast put to you from the Human Solution, the Coffee Party, the Coffee Party Radio Network. Uh, we're, we're streaming on Facebook, on Zoom. I'd like to hear what you have to say about some of these things we're talking about. You can pick up your phone and dial 646-929-2495. And today, I've got room for everybody, but we are going to do a one-hour show today. What that means is at 6 o'clock, we're done. If you're going to call in and be a part of the show, which I want you to do, I welcome you to do, um, do it. Today, we've got Candace as our screener, and I'm grateful for Candace. I'm grateful for everybody that's been a part of this show, and we're going to talk about some of the people that are part of the human solution, people that have been part of the human solution. We're going to talk about them without talking about them, of course. I want people to understand what this movement is made of. You know, this funny thing. This movement is not really a movement. It's a lot of little movements, some bigger than others, some growing, some shrinking, some imploding, some exploding, some just Staying about the same. And it's moving, technically a movement. But it's a funny thing, even if you stop moving, you're moving backwards. So we're generally always moving one direction or another. We're working real hard right now to organize this walk for change. At the same time, we've got this crazy virus running around the world, spooking the hell out of everybody. We've got governments shutting themselves down, shutting us down, 
telling us we shouldn't go outside, telling us we shouldn't gather together, telling us we should be social distancing. You ever notice all these new words we get, the terminology, the catchphrases, the, the words that they choose, social distancing. Social distancing isn't social distancing at all. I think it's human physical distancing. The idea is don't stand so close to me and you probably won't catch what I don't have. <clears throat> you know, I've got a lot of mixed feelings about this whole virus thing and then some of them are probably less appropriate than others and some are probably more appropriate than others. But I promise today I would behave and as I am behave, I'm not going to get too crazy about what I think about this virus. But what I think about people is that people like to overreact. People like to act in fear or out of fear. And there are lots of fear mongers out there creating all this fear and letting people, I don't know, feel that there's a boogeyman amongst us. And every time I come into a world where the boogeyman exists, I remember that uh, that Twilight Zone, the monster on Maple Street. You ever saw that old Twilight Zone? It was a half-hour show, and this particular episode was about some aliens that came down out of space, some little green men, and they landed on a hilltop near a sleepy town, and they started screwing with things, and they flipped on a light over here and off one over there, and Ultimately, what happened was they got a town to implode and to cause people to be afraid of each other. And the end of the show, the one alien said to the other something to the effect of, see how easy it is? All you got to do is flip on a couple of light switches and they'll just do the work for you. Now, I'm not discounting the fact that there's a alien life form out there that's attacking people and I'm not discounting or, or or in any way downplaying the potential seriousness of this. But I am upplaying the seriousness of our fear and the way we react to it and the way we uh, the way we act and the way we react. If you look at a grocery store I went to a grocery store the other day to go get some groceries. And I have plenty of toilet paper in my cupboard, so I wasn't really worried, but I was curious. Is it true what they say? Well, lo and behold, I went to three or four different grocery stores, and they weren't particularly packed. They were more packed than normal, but they weren't, they weren't overrun, and they weren't empty. But there was no paper goods in any of these stores, none. No paper towels, no napkins. No toilet paper of any kind. There was no meat to speak of. There was some, you know, I don't know, spam of some sort probably. It's some, probably a hot dog or two. But there was no real meat. There was no bread to speak of. And I scratched my head as I went and I bought my jicama and my uh, greens and a couple of things that I needed 
It wasn't a big deal. I bought some coffee. They had coffee. But I wondered. I know for a fact that there's not a shortage of any of these things and that they're resupplying them as quick as possible. But I thought to myself what it must be like to live in a place where you're so fearful that you feel the need to talk about all that stuff because you think it's not going to be there. Or if you think that if it's not there, somehow you're not going to survive. I just, that's a big part of our problem. Now we're being told by our government that we need to not go to work and that we need to close down our restaurants and not meet in groups of more than 10 people. And I can see where that's coming from, but I also see where it's going. And I also think and I know that we live in a world where we can communicate better than ever before. And I encourage everybody that in, in this time where we're supposed to be physically distant, that we take some time and get socially close. We can talk. I'm talking to you right now. We can pick up our phone and actually talk. You know, you don't just have to text, but you can text. You can send an email. You can write a letter. Post office is still delivering letters and mail. There's a lot of ways we can communicate. And what if we did that a little bit more? What if we decided that in this time of stress and fear, that we decided that we were going to work on our relationships? Because I'll tell you what, as I get older, I know that more people that I've been close to have died. And they never came back. My grandparents never came back. My good friends that have died never came back. My dad never came back. I don't expect they're going to. So these relationships are here until they're not. And I think it's important that we remember them for what they are. They're the reason that we're here. If you've got kids, you know, are you close? Maybe it's time to be a little closer. You have grandkids, you know, friends, spouse. What are the relationships you have? I know that a lot of relationships we think we have sometimes aren't, and maybe we'll have time to talk about that, and we won't. But I do know this. I'm a very, very rich man when it comes to relationships, and I have a lot of wonderful relationships, and I value them deeply and dearly. problem is sometimes they're not what you think they are. And it's hard sometimes, you know, you go through life and you don't want to be dark and jaded. You want to be a good and kind and loving person. You want to believe people at their word, you know. I've always tried to keep a um, a policy of I believe you until you prove me otherwise. But, of course, that sets you up for problems sometimes. So I just want to encourage everybody at this time of of, uh, enforced and encouraged distancing that we remember the thing that we control. What is it that we control? We talked about it last week and the week before. We, We control our own attitude. We control our own thoughts and ideas and actions. We control our own words that come out of our mouth. And remember 
you know, this is the weirdest thing. You know, there's that old adage, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. But the never falser words were ever said. That's the worst fable ever. Because words, unfortunately, can hurt people much more than sticks and stones. Words can destroy people. Words can cause uh, indescribable hardships. And I think that it's important that we are mindful of those words. And I try to be careful with the words I choose. And I can always tell when I'm not being present and I'm not being here and, and here with you because you lose track of your words. You say things and you're not quite sure why you said that. You ever, you ever go through a conversation and go, I don't know why I said that. I don't know. But we do control our words, and I think it's time that we think about that. Think about what are you doing with your words? What are you doing with your thoughts? Are you being positive and creative, productive? Are you being destructive and fearful and, and, and horrible? You can do either one. Remember how we've talked many, many times about power. You know, when people think about power, you might think about electricity. You might think about a dam, hydroelectric power. You might think about a, a, a leader of a, of a nation or an army, that kind of power. But power is energy. Power is any kind of force that causes an action to happen. And constructive power is unlimited, it's infinite, but it's fragile. Constructive power is the thing that it takes for a spider to weave its web and overnight, all night long, spinning and weaving and putting this beautiful, beautiful thing together. Or the bird, the hummingbird builds this beautiful little nest or, 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 or whatever the construct is. It takes a lot of time and thoughtfulness, a lot of caring. Oh, I know what it is. It's the damn camera. I'm looking at my eyes, and it looks like I'm looking down. But actually, the camera is looking down on me. That's why my eyes look like they're looking down. All right, we're living and we're learning. Anyways, constructive behavior is unlimited. It can do anything, anything. But it's fragile. You know, everything that we build is really like a house of cards. What is it that we build that's strong, really? I mean... You know, I have a bridge I built out of stone, and a good earthquake, it would be gone. It's stood strong so far. Pyramids, they've been around for a minute or two, but really, you know, in the earth's time, nothing. There'll be dust before the earth has even sneezed. Destructive power, on the other hand. Think about what can be done with destructive power. A bullet, fire some kind of explosive. A foot can stomp out a sandcastle. Any kind of destructive power, um, in my opinion, is many times stronger than constructive power. And I think it's important to realize that. Where are we putting our thoughts? Where are we putting our words? Where are we putting the force of our hands? Where are we putting our energy? Maybe today, is the day we decide to be constructive with it, that we decide to be loving, we decide to be careful, thoughtful, mindful, all of those things. It's our choice. It's our choice. So I encourage you to do that. Let's decide maybe today that we're going to be socially a little closer 
we're going to be maybe mindful and thoughtful of our relationships, and we're going to take our thoughts and words and ideas and maybe be constructive with them. All right, we've got a lot of things that are happening right now. The Walk for Change. been talking about the Walk for Change for almost nine months. And the Walk for Change is happening. It's going to happen. We're going to leave California from the Pacific Ocean on or near June 20th. We're going to head east, and we're going to be carrying together a message of hope and medicine and, and, and the things that need to change, and we're going to walk across 3,000-plus miles of this amazing country, and we're going to grow and we're going to share, and we're going to do this in whatever way we need to. And if this pandemic turns into an epidemic or whatever the hell happens, it doesn't matter. We'll walk 10 feet apart if we have to. The people that are engaged in building this life-changing, life-altering event are committed to making these changes. I spoke with one of the activists down in Mexico today, and she says, are you still marching? I says, we're still marching. Oh, good, good. I'm glad we, we need to do this. It's so important that we do this. I spoke with uh, my friend, uh, the Apache Nation, Charles, who was on the show a few weeks ago. He called me up today, and he said, I just wanted to check. I wanted to see if you're if if everything's still on. I says, Oh yeah, it's still on. What we're doing is changing the way we communicate. We may not be able to have giant uh, rallies where there's ten thousand people in the same area together. We may have to be smarter about that. We may end up having to have smaller groups getting together and dealing with all this. Not sure how it's all going to play out. But we're discussing it. We're planning it. These are all things that we control. And there's no shortage of, of um, desire. There's no shortage of good ideas. And there's certainly no shortage of things that need to be changed. I think one thing that we might consider changing is how our government treats us when something isn't right. Maybe that's something that could be changed. Maybe the way our healthcare system is set up, maybe that could be changed. We've talked many times about the flaws of a current system, the way things are, the way that decisions get to be made or not made. You know, when a single individual or a few individuals get to decide for everybody how it's going to be, I hope they're making good decisions because these decisions are affecting a lot of people in a lot of ways. And maybe there's better decisions could be made. So just know this, as we're talking about this walk for change, we're getting closer and closer to it. It's happening, folks. And we need help. It's going to be a great event. It's going to be a defining moment in human history. And I believe it's going to be bigger because of all of these events that are happening rather than in spite of them. I believe that as we move along through life, we get obstacles brought to us 
Sometimes we find them. Sometimes they find us. I believe this. Anybody who I've worked with for any length of time, I've said this many times. As we're being productive and as we're getting things done and as we are... um, as we're accomplishing and getting closer to our goals, and these goals are good, and I mean really, truly good. However, your moral compass is fixed. There is good. There are truths that are good. And I believe that as we get closer to these things, I believe there's a, there's a, a bad, for lack of a better word, that tries to get in your way. And I don't know that this virus has anything to do with that or not, but I do know this. As we're getting closer and closer and it's better and better and people are getting together, and I don't mean better that one person's better than another, but just that there's a quality of, of commitment. There's a, a grit. There's a, a creativity, a passion. There's an element that's, that's here that's not going anywhere, regardless of what comes and goes our way. All of a sudden, things get in our way. All of a sudden, little bombs start going off, and trees fall down in our path, and lightning strikes here and there, and crazy crap happens. We keep going. That's what makes the difference. That's what makes the difference. That's what's happening right now. Crazy crap's happening all around us, and we're moving forward. Most of the time, it's been my experience that some of the most impactful groups of people And they could be activists, they could be any kind of group, leaders, generally, I don't know, maybe a church or not, maybe it could be, it's a well put together church. Generally, there are groups of people that that are working towards a goal. Most of the time, if you get to know them, if you really start to look at, at what makes something happen, it's usually not that many people. Usually not a thousand people working together in harmony to make something happen. Usually it's a handful of people, two or five or ten or twenty people that are coordinating something, and that's coordinating it well enough to make it to where people can be part of it. And that's what we have with the Walk for Change. We don't have a thousand leaders. We got a handful of good people working together. We're building an infrastructure so that people can be part of it. We're crafting our messages. We're, we're, we're courting our, our sponsors. In fact, we have a sponsor here today, CBD Connect. It's a store in Lake Elsinore that's given us a place to host this show right now. Another sponsor. We've got a number of sponsors on the Walk for Change. That's walk4change.us is the website. You can learn a lot about the Walk for Change on this. Now, here's a kicker, another truth. This show, Cup of Joe, it's been growing its audience. We've been talking about it for, I don't know, a couple of years. It's gone from a few hundred people to a thousand people to a few thousand people to a few more thousand people. And every week we do this show, and every week several, many thousand people are watching it now, listening to it. And we talk about these things we're doing. But we don't get a whole lot of action that comes out of it. And that's why I kind of generally don't fall for the reach thing. You know, oh, I've got all this 
social media reach and I've got all this and that. Well, when it you convert it to actual people doing actual things, it's it, it, it's it's a a lot gets you a teeny little bit. But I believe it doesn't have to be that way. And I believe if we put this network together and we put this messaging together, and if we do it well enough, if we have <clears throat> voices of people that care and and messages that are clear and and um, guests that have compelling stories and all of the things that it takes to, to have some good programming, I think we could, we could create a network that could make a difference. And that's what I think we're doing, little by little, brick by brick, piece by piece. It's that grit that we keep talking about. Not easy to come by, but it's here, and you got to keep showing up every week to get it. So one of the tools that we have right now is a YouTube channel, and it's the Walk for Change YouTube channel, of course. It's got to be yet another one because there's a Human Solution YouTube channel, and there's a this YouTube channel and a that YouTube channel. <laughs> but there's a Walk for Change YouTube channel, and it's been all over social media, and I encourage you to find it because it's a bit of a sad statement. And a bunch of us are trying real hard to, to coordinate our messaging. And we got all these people say, I want to help. I want to help. And I've got a YouTube channel, a Walk for Change YouTube channel that has 69 subscribers. 69 subscribers. And we get together three or four times a week for the Walk for Change. Different committees. we got the logistics committee and the messaging committee and the website committee and the events committee and the sponsorship committee and the media committee and all these different committees, right? And there's a lot of the same people on some of them, and there's different people on different ones. But we were talking about this YouTube channel and that when we get to 100 subscribers, all of a sudden it opens up different doors. YouTube recognizes you at 100 subscribers, and it gives you some tools. It allows you to have a URL that connects to your name and it begins to search using your your tag words and things like that. Um, it gives you things. But we have 69. We have 69. What that means is we need 31. Now, I'm going to have better than five or 6,000 people listening to this show. And out of five or 6,000 people, I know some of you probably listen for two minutes. Some listen for five, 10, 20. I don't know. Hopefully some of you are hearing this part. But if you can, and hopefully somebody who's listening can put a link to the Walk for Change YouTube channel under the feet of this, this stream right now, now is the time. Just subscribe to it. And if we can get over 100 subscriptions, We'll get some tools where we can use this channel better, reach more people in a better way. And it was funny because one of the people that's part of this media team was like, well, all we have to do is have everybody tell everybody they know. And earlier in the week we had, I think we had 52, I don't know. And we picked up maybe 20 over the whole week. 
This is like the simplest thing. Click subscribe on the YouTube channel. And these things that we're trying to accomplish, some of us are working really hard to make it happen. And you can help. You don't have to do anything else. You don't have to pick up a phone and call. You don't have to write a letter. You don't have to think. You don't have to smile. You don't have to do anything else. Just click that subscribe button. And that's going to empower some of us to do more things. So that would be super fantastic. One of the things that's happening as a result of this hubbub is the court systems are all screwed up. And it could work out good for a lot of people. I'm hoping it does. We don't know yet. We've had a lot of new cases that have been happening. Um, places like Kansas, places like Missouri, different places where there's a lot of, I don't know, really bad prohibition. We've got prohibition everywhere, and there's cases that happen. You know, in California, there's a ton of cases, but I very seldom hear from the defendants. I don't know if they're pleading themselves out or if the state's just taking their stuff. I don't know what's happening, to be honest. But I do know that in places like Kansas, where we have had so many defendants call and the state has threatened horrible things, that I know at least one of the cases that we had a guest on last week, they had a court date and it got it got uh, put off without a future court date, but it runs. I can only hope that as this virus does what it's doing that maybe some good that comes out of it is that the people that have power are prioritizing where they're using it. You know, jails, we talked about last week, and I talked to George Martorano last last week. He said he tried to call in, and I'm not sure what happened. The number, the call-in number's the same. But he wanted to talk about the problem with disease in prisons. And because of the close proximity to people and the, the lack of, you know, circulating air and, and, and just the lack of general sanitary conditions, if a disease was to get loose in a prison, it could be pretty bad. My guess is that the guards wouldn't want to be there. My guess is it could have some far-reaching implications that wouldn't be very positive for anybody. So my guess is at this moment in history, might be good for those people that are considered to be victims of the drug war. My guess is they're probably not putting as many people into custody right now at this moment because, frankly, they're afraid to spend time with us. They don't want us in their police cars. They don't want us in their holding cells. They don't want to have to guard us because I tell you what, if I got arrested, first thing I'd start doing is coughing. I would cough a lot. I'd say, <coughs> Yep, I'm feeling a little south today. Maybe you can help me. Got an aspirin. But anyways, all joking aside, um, there's a lot of things happening right now that are maybe an opportunity for this organization, the Human Solution International, to get stronger. This is an election year for the Human Solution International. And if any of you have been part of this group for any length of time, you realize that there's some things that separate us. 
from many of the other groups. One is we have a code of conduct. And as much as we want anybody and everybody to be part of this organization, we actually don't want everybody and anybody. We don't want destructive people. We don't want people that are going to come into our group, infiltrate it, and cause harm to anybody. We don't want that. In fact, so much we don't want it that we don't allow it. And if you become part of our leadership team, you're informed that we have this code of conduct, and if you violate it, you can't play with us anymore. And it's very seldom happened, but it has happened. And every once in a while, somebody gets disappeared. We don't want that to happen, but, you know, frankly, it's better to be smaller and drama-free than to be huge and be full of drama. So as our election year is getting closer, in September, we usually uh, hold our elections. Every single um, position is voted on, from president to every board member. And every two years it happens. And we want people to vote, and we want people to run. And this year, I believe we've got more candidates than ever before. Um, And we have a pretty good-sized board, but we've made some changes to the requirements to sit on our board. In the past, it was really okay that you just cared enough about our mission and were willing to come and sit together on the board and and have discussions, but now we've realized that leadership is really that. We need leaders that will lead, that will lead. And it's just because you care and that you have a lot of wisdom and and experience to share doesn't necessarily mean that you are a leader, and it doesn't mean that you necessarily belong in a situation where we need to make these kind of decisions and we need leaders. But what we've done is we've opened up and created an advisory board and that's going to be pretty wide open, that we're going to allow members that don't want to be responsible for all the things that a board member or a chapter coordinator or anything like that might uh, be responsible to deal with. Um, But they still care and they want to be part of the conversation. Uh, We're going to have an advisory board that that is actually that. And we're going to seek your advice. and we're going to, you know, have you part of the conversation as we move forward and carry that torch. We're going to be um, lighting up the chapters. We have a number of chapters. We've Over the course of the last 10 years, we've chartered over 45 or maybe even 50 chapters. And out of those 45 or 50 chapters, there's a handful of them that do most of the work. There's a bunch of them that have historically done work, but recently they don't act as a chapter. And there's some of them that are just going like gangbusters. Well, what we're trying to do, what, well, no, trying to do implies that we're failing at it. What we're doing is we're encouraging chapters to be more active. And by active, we mean socially active. We mean getting together, meeting, having conversations, having a plan, working on something specific. We got the walk for change that we're doing and working on, so we could certainly work on that. Um, We've got cases that we're supporting, so certainly we could work on that. We still have prisoners in prison. You know, Craig Cecil didn't call today. 
And my guess is that he's under some kind of a quarantine lockdown. I'm going to reach back out to him today and uh, see how he's doing and see what's what's up. But my guess is it'll be it'll be that. If you're part of a chapter, organize a meeting. We now have a calendar on the Human Solutions website, thsintl.org. Look on the calendar button. Click on it. There's a bunch of things happening now. We've got all kinds of events. And you can add an event. And I know I hear all the people say, I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, you can because I can. And there's no difference between me and you. I can go on your computer and add an event. I've done it. Just got to take some time. Have a little grit. Put your thought into the solution. Click on that Submit an Event button. Do everything it says all the way through and hit Finished. When you do that, go back and refresh your page and boom, your event will be up. If you screw it up, get a hold of Becca. She'll help fix it. We can edit it. We can change it. We can fix it. I love it when people text me. No, I can't see anything there, but I do. So, Candice, I'm going to give a, an online lesson. Um, I got a new screener, and I'm very happy. But what we can do, and this is an online screening lesson, is when we're putting the people that are on there, I see who I have that are on there for the most part. Um, if they want to talk, you got to ask them, do you have something that you want to say? And then you type in there for me because I'm not looking at the Facebook stream. And I, I don't have any way to see the Facebook stream and do this because my brain's not big enough and I'm not, I'm not um, uh, coordinated enough to do two things at once. So <clears throat> if you can put in somebody wants to talk, then that lets me know that. Remember, we're going to finish this show at 6 o'clock. So I've got Dana that wants to talk. And I believe I got Tom Corby that wants to talk. And I got a couple more things to say. And then we're going to end the show in one hour, like I said. So let's go ahead. One of the chapters that has been very active recently has been the Hope for Change in the End of Prohibition chapter out of Missouri. And Dana Bland is a chapter coordinator that has been just kicking ass. He's been out there supporting people. He's been out there educating people. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. I love when people jump in, they give it their best, they watch and learn as they're going along, and that's how we do it here, folks. We grow and we learn as we're going. So, oh, I had Kathy Z on the line I wanted to talk to, but she's not on the line anymore. So, anyways, Kathy, call back. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm not in a police car And I want to stay that way <laughs> Dana Bland, you're live on the air Welcome to the show, how are you doing today? Well, quarantined <laughs> That's how we're doing <laughs> Not sick, but uh, We're over 60 so And have other conditions So we're not going out But been able to put lots of information And stuff to try to calm people down On, on Facebook And online and I mean, it's sure. it's moving along, getting eight, ten thousand views on everything. 
So that's that's the main thing. Yeah, and I'm trying to tell everybody we can't forget about uh, what we're doing over a virus that they're reacting differently about. Uh, We still have to take and do, you know, not let the fire go out and keep moving towards uh, ending prohibition. I mean, we don't want this to stop it. (laughs) No, no, we won't let it stop it. And, you know, I think that's a big part of what we have to remember is, you know, this is a thing when, when adversity comes our way, it, it thins the herd sometimes, the weak people fall out, but many of us get more resolved. Many of us get more focused. Many of us um, are more committed to making this happen, and, and I think that that's the key. You know, you in, they told you you need to be self-quarantined, and some people take that as, well, I guess I'm done. I'm going to sit around watching movies now. No. No, 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 no. We live in a world where we can share information and we can we can have a voice and you can do it from behind your computer. You can you can learn and research and share and talk and and do all of those things. And so I appreciate you leading by uh, um, by example as you're doing right now. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I I took when I got sick and and I started changing my life about. 12, 13 years ago, uh, I also became a prepper at the same time. And, you know, no one's laughing now. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I got, I got enough of everything. Uh, I, I, I probably ain't got 10 tons of toilet paper, but I mean, <laughs> there's always going back to the old way of doing it with a wet <laughs> washcloth or something like that. But you do what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I won't. I won't. I won't go hungry. And uh, we got everything we need. And I tried to tell my family, you know, but you know, they they're younger and they they they're gonna find out that that we're not crazy. <laughs> well, you know, it's 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 wise to be prepared in any way there is to be prepared. You know, there's a saying I use. And probably to the chagrin of a lot of people that I'm around, and I always say, prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance. And it's just really true. So many people are running around the last second because they didn't think it through. They didn't remember. They didn't whatever. They got to hurry up and run and do that. Well, that's great as long as it's, you know, I've got to run to the gas station because I'm going to be late for the concert. But it's not great if they shut the grocery store down and you forgot to get meat or whatever, you know, and I'm not saying there's any shortage of anything today, but there's certainly nothing wrong with being prepared, um, you know, having a decent supply of things in your cupboard, just as a general yeah. rule, not as a knee-jerk reaction. No, no, that's what's going on right now is that knee-jerk reaction and everybody's out there, the, peop- the people are out there buying it all up or out there are the ones that's not really going to, they got the least chance of being sick. And like I went up the uh, last chance I had to go to Walmart, I went up there and I went to the paper aisle just to see, and there was not a scrap of anything on any shelf at all. And, uh, nope. but, but the older folks were there trying to find stuff and they didn't have nothing to find because it was all gone. And, uh, we need to remember yeah. that this, this virus is dangerous to the people that are 60 years old and older or people that have overlying conditions like me with lupus and different things like that. But here's another thing for people to remember. 
get your CBD because, I mean, you up it, whatever you need to do, because the government was running on plants. They would know that, that we wouldn't catch this stuff like this if we had our cannabinoids and stuff in our body and uh, we were the healthy the way we're supposed to be. Uh, but, you know, this, this... Well, you know, it's interesting that you said that because I am experimenting right now. I have a lung condition that I've had since I was a kid, and um, I, I've been working with CBD for since before they knew it was CBD and making things. And, you know, I'm a medicine maker. I've always been that way. And, and uh, I had a good friend of mine yesterday say, well, why aren't you taking high doses of CBD? And I said, well, I take, I take my CBD. But, and she said, well, you know, think about this way. When you were, went to the doctor, the doctor gave you, what, steroids. And I didn't want to take steroids because they have all these negative side effects. But why did he give those steroids to you? Because of the inflammation in your lungs. Well, what do the steroids do? They're a huge anti-inflammatory. Well, why wouldn't you right. take high doses of CBD? So I yep. did, as of yesterday, I started taking three 50-milligram doses, and I can already feel my lungs loosening up, and that's why in some ways I sound horrible because I'm actually coughing some crud up, but that's because it's starting to work, and, and I'm putting it to the test. You know, I don't just say things. I, I, I say it because I've, I've either watched somebody do it or a lot of people do it or I've proven it to myself. So I totally agree. We need to take care of ourselves, and, and maybe most importantly, let's take some time to be a little bit nicer to each other. You know, if you see somebody that's uh, elderly or at risk or maybe somebody you haven't checked on for a minute, maybe take a minute and, and be a little bit kind, maybe be a little bit helpful. Maybe this is the time, you know, to bring out the best. Do you realize that in 1918 when they had the Spanish flu epidemic, after that was all came and went, all those Lots of people died and everything. They didn't. Nobody wanted to talk about it. You know why? Because the people were horrible to each other. People were just terrible. And when it was all said and done, they were just that embarrassed and ashamed that it wasn't talked about. Well, I don't think that that needs to happen. I don't think it's been that bad yet. And I think that it. it this is a time when we could demonstrate our humanity. We could demonstrate how we take care of each other when things are bad. So... I'm encouraging everybody to take this challenge that's before us to rise to it and, and, and be better and, and take an extra minute to take care of somebody who maybe you might have overlooked before. Well, Dana, we're running a little bit low on time, and um, I've got Kathy Z on the line and Tom Corby. Um, so you have been a rising star of the Hope for Change in the End of Prohibition chapter of the Human Solution International. and. How would somebody get a hold of you if they have some help that they need or want to offer? Well, I'm on Facebook. Everybody knows that already, about four pages worth. Uh, and uh, we are uh, Hope for Change in the End of Prohibition, uh, Human Citizens Chapter, uh, International Chapter here in Missouri, support, support. Uh, and I encourage everybody to keep an eye on their older neighbors and their family and take care of each other. And like you said, be nice. And I think that's happening a little bit right now, the way things are being taken care of. But like you said, Spanish flu was a really, really bad thing, and they're comparing this to then. But I think things are going to turn out a little bit better this time. I think it's going to be a lot better. Well, Dana, 
thank you very much for being who you are, and, and thank your lovely wife for being who she is, and I appreciate uh, both of you, and uh, we will continue on as we have been. You stay safe. <laughs> All right, you do the same. Dana Bland, folks, Hope for Change in the End of Prohibition chapter of the Human Solution International out of Missouri. All right, we're going to bring Kathy Z on the line, and uh, if anybody hasn't uh, known Kathy Z up until now, she's been a huge part of this organization for the past, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years. been a while. Uh, we love Kathy Z. She's actually one of the saviors that got my ass out of jail and allowed me to fight way back when. Kathy Z, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Joe. I had an acupuncture appointment, so I couldn't make the show, but I thought I'd call in. And I agree with you about the panic. Uh, it's not necessary. You just have to take action. Support your immune system and be wise. And uh, I agree about the neighbors. I've talked to more of my neighbors this week than I have uh, as long as I've been here. And you know, we, we have to come together because in our unity is where we have our strength. So very true. So very true. And, and you know, again, we be the change we want to see in the world. You know, if you want people to be nice to you, go out and be nice to people. And uh, you're certainly a, a grand example of that, Kathy. Well, thank you, Joe. Yeah, and I'm so glad that people are seeing that we need to still keep going with our walk for change. We might have to structure it a little differently, but this won't stop us. It'll just make us stronger. Oh, no. We're still walking. <laughs> I know. And I, I'm going to be as – I might not be able to walk so good, but I'll be in a support vehicle. Well, that's it. We will – now that gas has gotten cheaper, I think we'll have no problem with support vehicles as well. So we're – we're digging deep and planning hard, so I'm looking forward to uh, to see what the, what the American ingenuity and the, the the human ingenuity comes up as we got people from all over the place. Well, Kathy, I appreciate you being here and part of the headquarters chapter as always, and uh, we will talk to you very soon. Love you, Joe. Bye. Love you too, Kathy. Kathy Z. All right, here we go, folks. We're doing it. I said we would. It is two minutes till six o'clock. Tom Corby, you got two minutes to close the show down. Welcome to the show, Mr. Tom Corby. How are you doing today? Uh, well, that's a loaded question at my age. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Joe, and uh, always Lisa and Becca, and then happy birthday to Candace Dyer's great screening today. And that's what we do. We can, wherever you can come and help, uh, finally in prohibition. That's our goal and vision, the human solution. And, of course, right now, it's so important that we come in unity. We put our risks and, uh, aside and we agree to disagree. Uh, we don't want to forget to breathe. It's a tough road to hoe right now, and of course I'm one of the older folks, 77 years old. A couple of days ago, I want to thank everybody again for all the happy birthday wishes. The reason I'm going to tell you right now why I probably won't get this virus, and even if I do, I will beat it, is because 
uh, I've always tried to take good care of myself. Uh, I try to stay hydrated. I eat fruits and salad every day. I try to stay in the alkalized state. Uh, so right now, of course, uh, we're going to be alone more. I, I'm used to that here, <laughs> actually. Uh, we'll have more time for introspection and uh, to uh, realize what's really important in our lives. Uh, well, I think one of the worst things we can do right now is have two pandemics. That means that the worst thing we can do is come from uh, letting it scare you actually to death to uh, to come from calm as much as we can uh, and uh, take better care of ourselves, of course, and wash our hands more, not touching our face, and all these things we can do. Uh, and and take good care of yourself, and uh, I think we'll get through this. Uh, Frank and Ann's uh, here with me today. Yeah, Frank. Frank and Ann. Hey, Joe. Hey, Frank. How's it going? Love you guys. Stay all the way to the cell. I couldn't couldn't take it all the way. Sorry, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I want to thank everybody today again uh, coming together and uh, helping to be the solution to end prohibition free all our POWs. No one should go to jail for our sacred plant. And uh, don't forget to breathe. Thank you all today. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Tom Corby, and uh, appreciate all the help you've done with the NorCal chapter of the Human Solution. And uh, I will be calling upon you soon to uh, dig in and start hosting some meetings and sharing all that with everybody. So um, we're going to continue on this fight and um, appreciate everybody that's been a part of this show today. And thank you, Candace, for stepping in. You did a great job. And um, thank you, everybody, for being a part of this. And we'll see you all next week. I am Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse The Human Solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on my mind. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.